So, I mean, that's the state of the homeschool. Like the teacher is unrested, untested, unproven. The material is out of date, unaccredited, completely inappropriate. And the students are not learning what they should be learning at the end of the day with him. Like it is it is nonsensical. Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. Right, Dr. Harmon, we're back for another episode of Medical Dads. How are you? I'm trucking along. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. And more importantly, how are the children doing at home? Oh, they're 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 managing. <laughs> and dare I ask, how is the homeschool going? Uh, well, the homeschool definitely has its ups and its downs. So I think <laughs> it's great that that's our topic for today because I think there's a lot to unpack about homeschool. Yes. The kids don't have anything to unpack from their book bags, but we have much to discuss. That's right. We should talk. We could talk about the pros and the cons. The pros. I don't have to make school lunches anymore. That's it. Okay. <laughs> and now let's get on to the cons. <laughs> now for the rest of the hour, cons. <laughs> Actually, I thought of another pro. We don't have to get up on a set time in the morning. That's as as early as usual, right? So instead of blurry-eyed dad trucking downstairs at seven, the kids are now up playing for a bit and then dad slowly meanders his way downstairs. And my goal is to really hit the ground running by about 9.30. Yeah, we, uh, our, our school day starts at nine o'clock uh, <laughs> and that nine o'clock is uh, recess. Like the, the first thing it starts with <laughs> is outdoor play. Oh, excellent, yeah. excellent. And then from there, the day just goes downhill, I'm sure. <laughs> Awesome. So, so I was going to introduce a little bit of a story. I, I, I don't know how many people really care about how individual homeschools are going, but I thought I would share a little bit about how my homeschool is going <laughs> to try to set up, set the table for this topic. Yeah. Like most days of the week, either me or my wife are working. And luckily we're able to work from home during this period. So one of us is answering phone calls or doing telephone consults with patients upstairs in one of our office rooms. So that means the other parent is at home managing the homeschool and the lunch menu and the nap and the recesses and everything else. Yeah. So it's a bit of a trade-off, one working, one school, yeah. right? And overall, it's been okay, but it's a very, very hectic experience. So like, let me just tell you what today was like. Like, I get up today and we already know today that we're going to be getting a delivery of groceries, okay. right? It's always like, and I, 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 like I'm week, what is it? Week seven of coronavirus or something. Like I'm a seasoned pro. So I know that if today is going to be a grocery pickup day, then it's going to be a stressful day, yeah. right? And I don't even go to the grocery store anymore, right? It's just doing the pickup or anything related to like obtaining or dispersing the groceries to the people that it needs to get to. It is stressful. Yeah. Not as stressful as before when I actually had to go into the store and felt like I was like Jeremy at the end of the <laughs> episode, but stressful nonetheless. Like I'll, you'll, it'll be one of those days where it's like you'll get to the end of the day, you'll be exhausted and be like, what did I really do today? And you'll be like, oh, yeah, groceries, <laughs> groceries, right? Except now it's like, oh, grocery pickup, right? So today was like a big thing because this was our first day picking up grocery or actually getting a delivery from Costco. Right. We've we've talked about ordering from Costco many times. But we hadn't really done it because when we went to the Costco grocery website, there wasn't much there. Like you couldn't order much. Yeah. But recently, my sister calls us and is like, hey, you can try using Costco business. And I'm like, OK, that's cool. Like I have a business. I have a clinic and it's open. And and because they will deliver to your business address from a different website, the Costco business list. Uh -huh. And that list has a lot more stuff on it. So wait, you're getting business supplies delivered to your house instead of groceries? 
No, no, you can order groceries on the business list. Oh. So they're going to send groceries to our office. So now we have this thing where it's like we have this eight-hour window where somewhere between nine and five, groceries are going to show up at the office. And as soon as the groceries show up, I'm going to put everything down and race over and pick it up because we can't have milk sitting around right. for a few hours on the floor of the medical clinic. <laughs> right? For a number of reasons. For a number of reasons. So lo and behold, of course, what happens is I get downstairs and I'm making breakfast. And next thing I know, we're, we're, we're told the groceries have arrived. It's like 930, right? And this is like prime homeschool time. Like, I don't know what, how your homeschool schedule is set up, but the feeling I get is that most parents try to get this ordeal of homeschool out of the way in the morning, right? Like in case you haven't figured it out yet as a parent, children do better in the morning than the afternoon. Like the morning is the only time of day that their brain is actually functioning and learning. Yeah. And then the afternoon is just like a slog fest, especially with little children, right? Like they're tired, they're grouchy. You're not likely to learn much. Like I had figured this out, like even before the homeschool thing started, like when we went to, we were like interviewing preschools and stuff. I started to pay attention to like, what is their afternoon curriculum? Right. And a lot of the places would be like, well, we do lunch from 12 to 1230 and then 1230 to one, they uh, are outside. And then one to one thirty, they're like taking off their jackets and their <laughs> boots and one thirty to two thirty, that's nap. Right. <laughs> then we get them up from nap. I'm like, 2.30, the day ends at 3 or 3.15. Like, there's actually has, nothing has happened since noon, right? And it always was a bit of a mystery to me why nothing happens in the afternoon. But now that I'm managing this homeschool business, it's like, okay, I get it. Nothing happens in the afternoon, right? The dad needs a break already by, by midday. Well, certainly now people understand why when regular school was going on, when they pick their kids up at the end of the day, by four o'clock, their kids were always like completely falling apart right? and had nothing left. <laughs> well, yeah, because they've had nothing left since noon. Right. And it's another four hours after that. <laughs> so so then what happened is, okay, I'm going to go to the Costco. I mean, I'm going to go to my office to pick up the delivery, which is like an ordeal in of itself, right? Yeah. So, so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be out of the house for like an hour or an hour and a half. And this is like prime homeschool time. Yeah. And either we're going to call this a PA day and kids are just going to learn nothing or we're going to push through this like Chinese parents have to do. Yeah. Right. So I give my daughter a bunch of instructions. I'm like, OK, here's a pile of stuff that you need to do. I want you to work on this. And then when you're done, you're going to help your brother do some art. Like she's like art, art. OK, OK. I'm like, OK. And then art. And then I look at him and. He's the three-year-old. I'm like, okay, you are going to start doing this puzzle, okay? You're going to do this Peppa Pig puzzle, and then when you're done the puzzle, you're going to put those blocks back into the box. I just want you to do a cleanup. That's it. And I'll be home in about 40 minutes, right? So I race off to go get the, to go get the groceries. Yeah. My wife's still upstairs. I come home after about 45 minutes. My daughter actually, so she's very self-motivated. She's gotten a lot of the work done. Then I look at the puzzle. He's put four pieces together, <laughs> literally four pieces. I'm like, what are you doing? It's only four pieces. My daughter's like, sorry, sorry. We were talking. We were talking too much. He got distracted. I'm like, oh, man. And, and the thing is, he's not good at puzzles. Like, we actually are giving him the puzzle to do because we realize he just stinks at puzzles. Like, I've seen him holding the piece, and I'm like, I think that piece goes there. And then he'll try to put it on sideways, like, turn it every direction. And he hasn't, I don't think he realizes that the picture needs to match. Oh. So for him, it's just purely, let's just make those, like, make those jaws lock together type of thing every puzzle he solves is a picasso <laughs> well it takes a long time to solve because there's two ways you can do a puzzle right you can do it the intelligent way or blunt attrition right? <laughs> which is his way <laughs> where if you took every piece rotated in every direction in every space eventually you will solve the thing <laughs> that's right it might take ten thousand years so then i come home and i'm like okay uh, what should we do now? So I like quickly like start putting groceries. I get my wife comes down in between patients. She's sorting the groceries for her mom and my mom. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive to my parents' house and deliver this. And when I come back, then the school day is going to start for real. <laughs> After right? you have your shower and decontaminate <laughs> from being exposed. So then I give, I give my daughter another task. I'm like, okay, your teacher wants you to do this reading assignment on the iPad, right? And the iPad has been a bit of a bone of contention around the house because they're frequently fighting for the iPad. But I'm like, you're going to do iPad and your brother. I don't even remember what I wanted him to do at that point. 
basically I went off another 40 minutes. I get back. Now we're like pushing 1130, right? Yeah. So 1130, I finally sit down with my kids. I'm like, okay, we're going to do some work. And my son is like, he's now in refusing to do work mode. Yeah. He's like, I want the iPad. I want to take a video, right? Because we have like our iPads locked with like the password. So you can't really open the actual iPad, right. but you can open the camera feature. Uh, yes. So lately he's just been making little videos of himself saying, huh, huh. <laughs> and then giggling, right? And we have like dozens of these <laughs> videos, right? Just be glad you're and not getting like, butt photos because that's what happens. He'll be sure, yeah, it'll be a photo of his kneecap saying, <laughs> and then save that into the cloud, right? So I come back and now he's like, I want to do videos. And he's like hitting the iPad again. Uh-huh. And that's then I just lost them. Like, nope, that's it. No iPad for anyone today. You're all banned from the iPad. I've seen enough of this. And I, I start storming around. I'm like, you're learning nothing. This is a, this device, you're learning nothing. You're just taking photos of nothing. Photos of your knee. <laughs> right? So now I've evacuated the iPad. Yeah. And we. I'm like, okay, we got about 45 minutes to do work. Because at 1230, I really have to start making lunch. Like, this teacher's on a deadline. Right? So, so we powered through a little bit more work. I think my, I, I actually sat down and finished the puzzle with my son. That was the extent of his learning today. My daughter did do some of the work that his teachers, that her teachers assigned. That's the status of our homeschool. And then we hit, we hit 1230 and I'm like into the kitchen and that's a whole other story. (laughs) It's a whole other podcast. (laughs) So that, I don't know. That's, that actually is not, it's a bit of an atypical day because groceries don't happen every day, Yeah. but it just shows that when you need to like do real life stuff and teacher stuff at the same time like this is madness <laughs> well i mean the idea that somehow you can do what a teacher does uh, when they're doing that as a job the idea that you could do that job yourself at home um <laughs> and uh, and at the same time do whatever other job you're supposed to be working on from home <laughs> it's like I was seeing a CBC article where you know, hairdressers are telling people like, no, 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 don't try to do your own like haircuts at home. Don't try to style your hair at home. Like that's, you, you know, that takes training. You're out of your depth if you do that. And yet I can teach my kids. <laughs> I can't give them a haircut because that's too complicated, but I can teach them stuff. Well, 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 you're not just teaching your kids. You have the power of Zoom on your side and that will make it better. <laughs> Make it better for who? Make it better in what Zoom, way? Zoom, I guess. <laughs> so what's like the typical situation in your house? Like how much hands-on are you doing as a medical dad with the homeschool? And, you know, how are you balancing that? Well, I mean, everything depends on how much I, I happen to be working that particular day. Because mm-hmm. in the emergency department, I'm doing shift work as it is. So uh, like today, for example, was a day where I worked the nine to five shift. Uh, so I was just uh, up and gone by time homeschool was even starting. And to give you an idea of how the day went, uh, when I came home, uh, my wife was explaining to me that uh, my older two kids started fighting um, and arguing. And then things reached a tipping point when when the oldest one punched the, young, the younger one in the stomach. Uh, at this point, she then uh, got so upset that she had to think of a punishment for them. And what for some reason popped into her mind in that moment where she told them, that's it. You have to do each other's homework today. Uh, So (laughs) both of them had to do their own assigned work. And then on top of that, they had to do the other kids assigned work. (laughs) And it was one of those things where she kind of regretted it after it came out of her mouth, but she already put it out there. You know, she couldn't retract it. So then the older one's doing her homework and then she's doing like the younger, like my, her, her younger brother's homework. And she's finding like she can get through it. But then he's doing her homework and he's kind of crying because he's like, she's the one that punched me. I'm doing her homework, but she's two years older than me. Her homework's impossible. (laughs) I can't do this. And it's actually some French work that on a regular day, if I was there, I could barely help them with. Um, So then my wife's like trying to figure out how she could possibly salvage this without full on admitting that it was a mistake to ever get them to do this whole cross homework thing. And she tells the older one, like, okay, the only way you two can get out of the situation is because this was caused by you guys fighting, then you only can get out of it by working together as a team. So you have to help him do his homework. And if you can both get through that, then your punishment ends. Uh, So then she's trying to teach him how to do her homework. Uh, Yeah. So by the end of the day, uh, she's pretty much telling me that 
If it wasn't for the fact that backtracking on what she had originally said would have been a sign of weakness, and weakness then leads to the kids rebelling, uh, she would have completely have abandoned that whole idea. So that's that's what school school looks like on a day when I got to go to work. Well, I'm I'm very impressed that she was able to carry that out to the end almost. Like I have I and I think the interesting thing about that is, and people don't realize is when you have more than one child, the homeschool thing. You're, you're teaching kids of different ages at the same time in front of each other. That's like a whole other can of beeswax. Because a lot of people, I don't know, if you don't have children, you probably think homeschool is like you sit your kid down at a table, it's quiet, and they're doing work. Yeah. Like, it's not. Like, there's multiple kids sitting near each other yeah. doing different things. Yeah. And they're all watching what the other kid is doing, right? That's right. So if one kid is doing very little because they're smaller and the other kid has a mountain of work, they instantly point out the discrepancy. Like, this isn't fair. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of have to come up with something for all of them, and you have to ma- keep eyes on them all at the same time. Yeah. You're trying to work with the younger one, and you're giving them very simple like problems that they have to solve. Okay, you've got, uh, you know, you've got five crackers, and uh, somebody gives you five apple slices. How many pieces of food do you have altogether? And, you know, my... Uh, uh, five-year-old is sort of quickly figuring out, out okay yeah so that's gonna be five and then it's gonna be one two three four and then you get the uh, like six-year-old jumping in there and being like ten ten it's ten it's like hey <laughs> like we're trying to teach her this you yelling in ten doesn't help you go you don't know your times tables why don't you go there and work on that well I try to f- teach this one how to count food <laughs> oh but it's in my in my household what's happening is my 6-year-old does have some work to do from school and you know you know we 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 can go over phonics and and reading and math and then i have the preschool kid and we've talked about this on the show and you've pointed out many times that he's not supposed to be like learning right he's not supposed to be like he doesn't need to actually learn school material cuz he's not in school age yeah. right but at the same time, you can't run a homeschool if you have this vagrant just like walking in and out of the school, right. right? Watching television while the rest of the students are trying to learn, right? That there's this like there's like this fool like plopped up on the couch smoking a cigarette <laughs> and laughing at all the other kids who are learning, right? That that's not how it works, right? So you got to come up with some curriculum for this. I mean, this just sort of leads into talking about all the things that that make homeschool challenging. And it's not like the people at home listening who have kids who they're trying to homeschool don't know that it's challenging. But I think the situation a lot of people are in is they feel like everybody's having an easier time than them. Or at the very least, they feel like they're not doing as well with it as they're supposed to. Uh, So I think it actually does help to acknowledge a few of the reasons why it's challenging. Uh, (laughs) And it's not just because you as a parent are lazy or a failure or have poor coping skills. (laughs) Although that can be part of it. Like some of us are just not good at teaching our own children stuff. Yeah, in general, period. <laughs> well, I, I do think a big part of it is our, our children don't act the same at home as they do at school, right? Most children, for the most part, are a little bit more reserved, you know, in front of the group of people. And, you know, they, they're, they have some respect for authority, right? And that degrades over time. But, but that doesn't happen at home from a very, very early age. There's no respect for authority, right there's no no listening like repeating of commands 10 times and i'll frequently ask my daughter like is this how you do this at school like the teacher has to ask you five times and she never answers because the answer is of course it's not the same right but she's at home you know when my kids are in regular school there's always this sort of uh threat that you know if i find out that you're misbehaving at school or being bad at school then something then something bad's going to happen to you at home you know and we never really have to define it because usually they're just afraid of that unknown quantity so at school the thing they're most afraid of actually is the teacher calling home to tell me that they were misbehaving uh, like uh, if if the teacher needs to control one of my kids, all they have to do is say to them, "Do I need to tell your parents that you're doing that?" And they'll very quickly like uh, like settle down. Uh, the problem at home <laughs> is like that threat is sort of removed. Right? Like I already know what you're doing. That's not appropriate. <laughs> and this idea that uh, you know at school they're afraid of the teacher in the sense that they're afraid of what will happen to them if I find out that they're not behaving for the teacher. 
whereas at home, they're not that afraid of finding out what happens if they don't no, pay no, for no. me. There is a solution to this. I don't know if you've tried this, but in our household, what we do is we flip that because now they're at home. Uh, so now the threat is, if you don't behave, we're going to tell your teacher at school about oh, what you're doing at home. Really? And that actually works. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like the teacher thinks I'm a well-behaved kid at school. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. Whereas at home, they're afraid of what punishment they're going to get. At school, they actually just care about the opinion of this adult who they respect. <laughs> Lo and behold, unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I got to try that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just one of the problems or one of the challenges of, of having the kids at home. Well, you know, one of the other ones is is just trying to like, like help them with the work from the point of view that the, the assignments they're given aren't generally things that you can just simply say to the kid, oh, OK, I'm handing you your assignment from your teacher. You go off and work on that and come back in an hour with a finished assignment. <laughs> you know, right but, like, if, that, uh, if that was the case they really wouldn't need to go to school <laughs> well i mean you know from the teacher's point of view uh, the teacher's sort of saying okay i'm giving you your kid an, an hour of work per week for or an hour per subject a week or something along those lines mm-hmm. um right and then you're sort of saying like well it doesn't feel like this only took an hour but you know that time doesn't incorporate the time it took to you go into whatever thing they have, whether it's Google Classroom or some other electronic platform, and find the assignment. Uh, and uh, for some of my kids, their teachers are pretty great. It's all in one place. For some of my other kids, like different teachers are posting different assignments in different places. So you go through and you sort that out for them. And then oftentimes you have to print out whatever the assignment is on paper uh, and give that mm-hmm. them for that for them to do. Then afterwards, when it's done, you have to like take a picture of it load that into the computer. Uh, so you have to transfer the picture from your phone to your computer, and then you have to send that back to the school in whatever platform they want it back in. <laughs> and that's not in- including actually helping with the, them do the work or making sure that they're doing the work properly. The problem is that that whole long thing you've described sounds really, really long, but really with high-speed internet should only take a few minutes. I mean, I'm sure the school is giving you this thing and saying, Okay, it's only going to take this dad. He's a doctor already. Probably five minutes to like go to the website, click the button, hit print. It'll print out. He's got a laser printer at home probably. Like it'll be fine. Like why is it taking you so long? Let's say it was just five minutes. Let's say that was just five minutes, which even if you are very computer adept, uh, I don't have some kind of expensive high-speed printer at home because I'm used to having to print out a bunch of documents at <laughs> they're, lightning speed. They're like, this This dad is doing his own podcast. Like, he has time. Most, you know, 40% of people probably have a functioning working printer that's stocked up with ink right now. <laughs> so the fact that I even have that already makes me not the average guy. But let's just, for argument's sake, say it was five minutes. Well, five times four is 20 minutes. That means that in a day, I spent 20 minutes without even doing any actual work yet. See, the problem, the problem here is you always have that multiply by four multiplier thing going on that blows all the things. Like homeschool is not designed for people with four children. I'm sorry to say it just is not. Homeschool is not designed for people with more than one child. Homeschool is designed for for single child families where both parents are completely off work and have nothing else to do. It actually is. If you think about it, like I know so many people that are working from home and actually I don't even work from home as much. Like our patient load has decreased, but you know, a, a lot of my colleagues or friends in IT and stuff, they're still working five days a week, right? And their wife works five days a week. Like, where's the time for printing? Like, we were kidding about it, but it's true that you got to sit there and do these things and walk your kid through assignments. And you can't spend three hours in the morning doing it. That's your work time. You're at work, basically. <laughs> well, that that is the other problem, right? Why this is hard for people. Um, you know, because before all this happened, I mean, I mean, and during, there are people who already chose to homeschool their kids. Uh, not a decision that I fully understand by any means, especially now. But but that was a thing that people were doing. You know, people would say, I choose to homeschool my kid. But the people who were doing that were generally not doing it as like, a, oh, yeah, I've got another I've got a whole other day job. But just as a side gig, I'm going to homeschool my kids. <laughs> Those are usually people who actually had the opportunity to spend like a good portion of their day homeschooling their kids, at least the people who are doing it successfully. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, I mean, 
to to be to be fair like i think like the decision to homeschool your own children comes you have to have a certain degree of like economic like uh independence like financial independence to be able to make that call right yeah it's not it's not a cheap option no not i mean unless you plan on doing a really poor job of it <laughs> or if you just like if you just are very like live off the land type of people i suppose <laughs> right but nobody i will i will go on a limb and say even though i've interviewed zero people but i will go on a limb and say nobody homeschools their children like prior to covid intentionally with the idea of we're just doing this to do a bad job and save money <laughs> i would imagine most people don't look at it that way <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there are people who who successfully homeschool their kids before this, but but they're not dealing with some of the things that that are happening right now, including this idea of you're homeschooling your kid, but at the same time you have a job, but you're expected to be working for home from home, uh, and some people are having to put in you know like eight hour days or longer uh, mm. while also simultaneously homeschooling their kids. Right, I mean. It's crazy. So I think we're getting to like a bit of a tipping point. Like this is like week seven or eight of being at home. I've lost track at this point. Yeah. But there's articles starting to come out like of like I in the New York Times and Globe and Mail of like parents kick parents turning off Zoom, parents abandoning the public school like uh, online curriculum at this point. Like they tried it for two or three weeks and they're fed up and it's making the papers like on the Facebook groups I'm on, like people are fed up. People are like, I, I rate at online learning. They just want to hit summer vacation. Like we're getting to that point of the school year already. Yeah. And I think it's the parents that are pushing that, right? The kids, I don't think they know the difference between summer and, and spring anymore. But it's, it's, I, think, I, I think that is the overall feeling that a lot of parents have is like this is turning into a grind at this point. Yeah, I, I, that's fair to say, especially the idea that it's not really the kids who are driving this, like, I can't take any more homeschool. Because from uh, from most kids' point of view, the alternative would be like, oh, so you would rather go back to re real school. And the kids are like, oh, oh let's not go crazy now. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Whereas for parents, if it was a choice between homeschool and my kids go back to, re -school, to real school, of course they'd be like, yeah, yeah I get them back into real school. Um, <laughs> but since that's not an option, I think the parents are like feeling a lot like, yeah, let's just call the whole thing off and just call this year right off. Right, right. I mean, even the most competitive parent has to be able to look at it and be like, you know what? Every other kid in the world is stuck in this situation. So even if my homeschool sucks and I, we learn nothing, well, all of the homeschools suck and nobody's learning anything. I mean, that is one way to think about it. Like, you're, no one's getting a, a leg up on you at this point. It's certainly logical to conclude that when school does start back up properly for real, uh, they will have to assume that... Uh, a large chunk of the kids aren't actually where they would be had they actually finished the previous year in real school, which means they're right. going to pretty much have to go in and try to, to teach or reteach the stuff that was kind of missed. And, right. uh, uh, you know, great if your kid is ahead of the game in that regard, but they're still going to have to teach to the, to the sort of the bottom of the class to bring everybody mm -hmm. up to the same spot. Uh, so really the chances are not high that, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, if your homeschool didn't go well, that your child's just going to be left behind. Uh, right. But I, I mean, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, like on the flip side, you know, to be fair, uh, uh, I don't want this to sound like we should really be directing all this anger towards the teachers for trying to e educate our kids. I haven't directed any anger at the teachers. I'm just frustrated at the experience. No, I'm, I'm not saying that you said that. I just mean that in, like, okay. in general, in general, because as, as you're saying, you know, uh, these articles are kind of coming out talking about how parents are like, enough is enough. and uh, Let's flip the table. And uh, I don't I don't think the tone of it is that they're angry at the teachers. I think most people are just angry at this predicament that we're in. Right. right? It's part of being upset about coronavirus as a whole and how it's affected our lives. Yeah. It's the frustration of having to, you know, teach stuff that we're not that comfortable teaching or that we don't remember anymore. Yeah. Right. Or that we've never learned in the past. Like french right like i you don't want me teaching someone french like that's not gonna work right yeah so i think it's more that frustration and i and i think we understand most of us will understand that the teachers are they're in the double bind right a lot of them are 
teaching their own kids at home too. They're doing a homeschool with their kids right. or managing their kids and cooking their own kids' meals. And now they have hours and hours of Zoom meetings that they're supposed to attend to. And sure, on a regular school day, they would have time to do these things. But right now they're at home with their families stuck just like the rest of us. Yeah. So it's, it's a ridiculous situation that we put ourselves into. Well, maybe we didn't put ourselves into, but that we're stuck in. Uh, yeah, that we are definitely stuck in. Um, uh, although I'm not sure... I would, although like what we're saying is that, you know, trying to pretend that these kids are actually getting the, the same curriculum that they would otherwise be getting and, and trying to like use that as our bar that we should be reaching is preposterous. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there is actually some value in using this time to try to help our kids learn stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it, we just need to be realistic about what it is that we're trying to get them to learn. Right, right. Set the bar low, in other words. Yeah, like find one find one thing that you're like, okay, I want my kid to be able to do this and focus on that, I suppose. It's one way to look at it. Yeah, puzzles, puzzles. It's, it's not that hard. <laughs> I'm thinking at this point that it would be good for us to talk a little bit about, why don't we just share some stories about how our homeschools are going? Because I think that's the stuff that, that parents want to hear is like, how, what is it actually like in the trenches for actual parents? Because we read the Globe and Mail articles and we read the New York Times and... You know, we read like Facebook posts of angry people about, you know, wanting to rip their children's heads off <laughs> and stuff. But I think people want to hear some real stories of what it's really like with the homeschools. Well, OK. So, you know, I think one of the one of the sort of extra challenges you have when you're trying to homeschool your own kids uh, that maybe even the teachers don't really have to deal with is that when it's your own kid that you're teaching, uh, you there's the stakes are much higher to you personally. So whereas a teacher might have your kid and say like, oh, you know what, I could tell this kid's not living up to their potential. I'm just gonna write that on their report card. Uh, you know, if they worked harder, they could uh, <laughs> they could meet their potential. Whereas with you right. as a parent, you're not happy to just be like, you know, oh yeah, the teacher gave the assignment and I asked you to work on it and I could tell that it's sloppy, terrible work and I know you can do better, but I'm just, but that's fine. You know, not every kid's <laughs> going to succeed. You, know, you just can't do that or you, it's hard to do that when it's your own kid. Right. Um, so to like, one way that manifested for us uh, over the last week, actually, that uh, I think worked out for the best. My son had an assignment to do where the teacher uh, wanted to teach them the writing process, right? This is mm -hmm. for their English class. So they want to get the idea that you, uh, that you do a brainstorming, then that you do a rough draft. But then after you do a rough draft, then you improve upon it to make a good draft. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was the assignment to start with was to do some brainstorming and then to do a rough draft. So uh, my son starts filling in the, 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 the page for brainstorming where all you have to do on it is write in what's the character what's the story what's the setting um and i see him like just r r racing through that and ripping through that and i'm like oh, oh son like i know this is what the teacher's calling brainstorming but you know like real brainstorming comes before you've decided on the character and the setting the real brainstorming is when you're just throwing out ideas you know and getting all <laughs> kinds of ideas and seeing what sticks and then you pick from some of those and settle on some and then then you can fill in like this part of the assignment He's like, Dad, that's not my creative process. <laughs> well, already he's like, uh, I don't understand. The teacher gave me an assignment to do, and now you're telling me to do more work than the teacher already told me to do. <laughs> you know? I mean, if he was listening to this podcast, he'd be like, I just heard you rant for 10 minutes about how there's too much work to do, and now you're telling me I have to do more than what the teacher gave me. So then um, uh, we get him down to the point where he's got like an idea for, for his story. Um, and this story has to be in the form of a comic book, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it's like, <laughs> no son of mine can't make a comic book. <laughs> Suddenly the stakes got really high right. for the dad. <laughs> I gotta be like, if there's one thing I should be able to teach you about, it's comic books. Otherwise, I've got nothing left to contribute. <laughs> Until they start teaching you medicine, I am... Uh, your I'm face done. just started turning redder and redder and redder as this project progressed. <laughs> So he settles on his idea uh, for, for what he's going to make his comic book about. It's a little story. Uh, it only has to be one page. So then um, like he goes to work on that. And I see he's just going to like race through it. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, I want you to take some time. I want you to do this properly. Um, 
and I'm gonna make you redo it if I, if I think that you're like not like spending some time on it. Uh, so then I went off and did something else, and then him and my wife, I guess, were kind of work on it together, or well, at least she was sort of supervising while he was working on it. Uh, and then I see the comic book that he's made, and uh, uh, it's like you could tell that he took what I said to heart, or at least that he was afraid of having to redo it. So he put a fair bit of like work into it. And I'm saying like, okay, that's great. And I guess my wife, who was supervising him, she understood the gist of it that he had to make a comic book, but she wasn't there at the beginning when I was reading out like the details of the assignment. So imagine her surprise and his when I'm saying, this is great. All right, we'll submit this to your teacher and then later we'll make the good copy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, dad. That, that's the good copy. Even my wife was kind of like, what? He's got to do, do it again? I'm like, that's the assignment. Um, and he is like, now like tears are starting to like well up. Uh, I, I, I mean, in my wife and uh, like uh, she wasn't really crying, but like uh, he's upset. <laughs> she's she's like a little just like feeling upset for him, too. And this took all afternoon, right? Like this is an entire school afternoon working on just this rough copy. Um, but I'm telling you, like the assignment for today was just to do like the rough copy. Then like later we do corrections and then we do the file thing. And, you know, he's like, no, no, this is good. This is all, this is all we need to do. I just need to, to, to just hand this in and then I'll hand it in again. And I'm like, no, 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 that's it for today, but we'll come back to it. So the next day I come back to it and I was like, okay, now the, the thing is that we got to make the, the corrections. And so, uh, no, actually maybe it was the same day we had to make the corrections, but whatever. We're making the corrections and this good copy that he thinks is so perfect. It's like, well, part of the assignment was for you to specifically look at capital letters, punctuation, and spelling. And I can already see as I look through this that you've forgotten several capital letters. You've misspelled several things. Um, and like there's periods missing at the end of several sentences. So I make him go through it himself first so that he tries to find all the things that are missing. Uh, and then I sort of grade it for him because that was the assignment said that the parents could grade it instead of the teacher for that step. Um, so anyway, then we go through the rough copy. So then now the next day that I'm working on it with him, we're doing the good copy. And this day I wasn't working. So I spent the entire day on him with this thing. You know, he'd start drawing it and I'd be like, no, 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 no. Uh, you got to do your best drawing. Erase that. Start over again. Uh, He's like, when did my dad turn into Stan Lee? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, from what I understand, Stan Lee was actually a little bit more hands off. He would give the artist like the idea. They'd draw the whole thing. He'd come back and get credit for it. I'm actually there making him erase drawings. He starts writing things in pencil. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got to erase that right again. Then after he's done the whole thing in pencil, I'm like, great. Now you're going to go over it in pen. He's like, what? I'm like, oh. You got to ink this thing. <laughs> That's right. You didn't know that comic books have an inker? I'm preparing you for a career, man. So he does all of that. Um, and then like his thing was that he wanted to just like draw it in colored markers instead of drawing outlines and coloring it in. But I'm like, no, no, no. You got to draw it first, then color it in. So this is this painful, painful process. He was getting to that like breaking point, but he got through it. Anyhow, when the thing was finally done, I was like proud of what he'd created. I was like, yeah, this, this we can put, like, if you just did it without me, you could put your first name on it, but I wouldn't let you put Harmon on it. But now this assignment, you can put your first and last name on it because this is Harmon quality. This is approved by the Comics Code Authority. <laughs> That's right. So he, sub he submits it and then... You know, both of us are now like waiting on bated breath to see the comment, like the, the comments from the teacher when it comes back. Um, and yeah, when he had gone from the rough copy to the good copy, he'd even like uh, in the rough copy added extra ideas in because the teacher wants to see the rough copy because the good copy can't have anything that's not in the rough copy. So he had had like a character who he's like, oh, you know what? I'll draw them uh, naked, but wearing a barrel and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, when we got the feedback from the final thing, uh, the feedback was just amazing right it's like it's like this teacher who in class has always been saying like you know i'm i'm sure this boy has like 
potential that he's not living up to. Now it's like, she's like, whoa, this is what I always thought was in there. <laughs> like, like I'd never seen any work like this, but I, so her comments were great. She picked up on all the little extra things that he did to like, to show that he went the extra mile. She picked up on all those things. Like they market like on a scale out of four in all these different categories. And he got all these fours and uh, just the impact that had on him. Like when he saw that and saw how, how much he liked it, she even said like, you know, can I use this as an example of excellent work to post on the class website? <laughs> uh, it's like he'd never had that kind of feedback before for anything he'd ever done in school. <laughs> and he was so proud and so happy. It's like he could see it lit this little fire in him. Not that he's always mm. going to work like to his full potential, but that it's like now he has this taste for it that he knows like, like this is what would happen if I actually put in the extra mile. And at some point so, down the road, I will do that. So it only took 200,000 people worldwide to die and a global financial economic meltdown of epic proportions taking us back to the Great Depression to get your son up to a level of four out of four in these categories with your, <laughs> with your assistance. For, for this one assignment. For I don't know what assignment. it's going to... For, for him to it, graduate like... Uh, like uh, magna cum laude, uh, we're gonna lose like half the population of Earth before like, before that happens. Like, well, some, we don't have to. We on only have level. to. We only have to lose one emergency room physician to become a homeschool teacher, and we're set. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If I give up my job and just become this guy's full-time one-on-one coach, then I, I think we can really. I think we can make a doctor out of this guy. <laughs> Well, at least a comic book creator, if nothing right. else. But, you know, I, I, that's that whole story about how there's this one assignment that your parents rode you on. I remember as a kid going through that with an assignment on the Olympics where my mother, like, like I remember I'm like tired, practically crying, want to go to bed, don't want to do any more work on this. And she's like pushing me over the finish line. And it had a similar effect on me when that assignment was done that I see in my son with this assignment. So... So, yeah, there are some positive aspects to homeschooling. <laughs> well, it's an impressive story. I, 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 I was cringing that at some point he's going to develop like this, like this reaction to comic books. If you if you if you go over the line on this, he could become one of those kids who never wants to touch the piano again because of the experience of it as a child. <laughs> That's one of those things. If we had if we had quit any point along the pathway that it would have been like all that work uh, got me nowhere, but just getting to that finish line, you know, we could see the work gets you somewhere. I had one wow. other similar experience with him, like since this whole lockdown thing started mm -hmm. where the assignment was to simply summarize a book you read uh, right. and he read the book and then he wrote a summary and he, I saw him right before he was going to hand it in. And I looked at the summary. I'm like, this is garbage. Uh, <laughs> like the assignment was to summarize the key points of the book. And you've just written this, the Robin Hood was walking through the forest and he saw some people shooting uh, or some people who, who didn't want him to kill a deer. And I'm like, uh, you're not supposed to just recount the story. You're supposed to pick out the point of the story. Anyway, um, like I'm trying to show him like, you know, like here's an example of a book that has a like on the back of the book. There's a summary. Your summary should look something like this. But the back of his book had no summary on it. So anyway, um, uh, similar to this other story like uh, we I really wrote him to do it right I made him do it multiple times until uh, until it was done correctly and then when he handed it in he got good feedback but in the feedback the teacher wrote uh, you know this is very strong work uh, it almost looks as if uh, this was the same as the summary on the back of the book um did you use the summary on the back of the book to help you write this assignment <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, wait, when the assignments, when this is so far off your baseline that the teacher thinks you cheated, then, then I'm not sure you're learning what I want you to learn. Oh, man. Your son is probably like, I don't know what's gotten into my dad. Like, there's this virus going on, and suddenly my dad's Chinese. Like, what happened? <laughs> because it's like, when you're at school doing a bad job and I can't see it, it doesn't affect me, but I'm actually watching it happen in front of me. I feel like I feel like your son really needs a time machine. Like we really need to we really like 20 years from now need to take him to Kingston, Ontario, circa year 2002-2003 so he can see what your study habits were like back in medical school and then that will put this all into context for everyone. 
heaven forbid the kid gets a time machine and goes back to when I was his age. Because, like, he's a good boy. Compared to when I was his age, my assignments were way worse than what he's doing. I was in grade four. So the grade ahead of where he's at right now. And we had to write a speech and give the speech in front of class. Didn't write the speech whatsoever. Uh, in those days, my parents had no idea that that was even an assignment. Day goes up, give a speech. They're like, I'm like, okay, um, I'm going to speak to you my speech on Ghostbusters. And then I just made up the speech as I went along. Then when I was finished, the teacher is like, okay, very good, very good, Stuart. Um, now, there's, uh, I want to hear three of the speeches again uh, so I can pick from like the three like top three speeches and there's no way my speech was in the top three, but she made me give it again just to prove that I couldn't remember half of what I said. I spent the rest of that recess of that day and that, and my lunch hour just trying to recollect what I'd said the first time so I could come back and give it again. Uh, too bad. It wasn't in the podcast era. You could have just played it again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, my, my son is actually a really good boy. Um, and he's not this lazy guy that I'm describing him to. That's actually me. <laughs> but the problem is, as a parent, I'm projecting my own. It's like I see myself uh, in him and I'm like, oh, no, I can't let you turn out like me. <laughs> you got to be better than me. He's got plenty of time to turn it around. If history is any indication. <laughs> That's right. uh, oh. How so, about you? Any, any homeschool stories to share with the so, listening public? So a couple. I mean. For, for us, at the homeschool really affects my son. It, like, that's the one that I'm really having trouble with, right? Cause the one who's not actually in half, real school yet. Right. He's three and a half, and he used to go to preschool for the morning. Mm -hmm. And we saw he learned a lot of stuff over the last, like, seven or eight months at preschool. Like, he knows his numbers. He can know his numbers in French. He knows his colors. He, he actually, we used to speak mostly to him in Chinese. So his English has improved, uh -huh. right? Everything's better. But now he's at home, and... Whatever we try to teach him doesn't work, right? Because he's not at the age that any of my 42-year-old teaching faculties, like anything that I can do, he does not get. We're on different wavelengths. Yeah. Like he's on some three-and-a-half-year-old wavelength <laughs> that I don't understand, right? Yeah. So like, like sometimes in the morning we'll be like, okay, it's time to do homework. And then he'll, he'll instantly, you'll see like the shoulders slump. And then he's like dragging his feet, right? He looks like he looks like he's 16 years old and you just told him that you're going to summer school for the entire summer, right? And you're not going on vacation, yeah. right? He looks like that, right? So he's dragged himself now. Now he's flopped onto the couch, right? He's like face down, half comatose, right? Like he really looks like a, like a vagrant at this point, right? And then you just hear muttering stuff like, I don't like homework. I don't like homework. Right. And he's three and a half. Right. I'm like, I don't even think a three and a half year old should have a concept of what homework is. Right. It's it's not healthy at that age to say you don't like homework. Yeah. Right. And not for an so Asian then, kid. It's hazardous to their health so, to say they don't like homework. So then we're like, so then I'll ask my wife is usually better than me at working with him. Right. So I'll be like, give me some ideas. What am I supposed to do with this clown? Right. She'll throw some one liners at me like get him to write work on the crayons, right? Do the numbers. I'm like, what does that even mean? Right? So like we have all these workbooks, like, and, and normally I never pay attention to these workbooks, but like we've collected over time between like me, my parents, my in-laws, like we have all these kitty workbooks. Yeah. So we open up these workbooks and I sit them down. I'm like, okay, today we're going to be doing a number six, right? Yeah. So first thing I want you to do is I want you to count how many snowmen are here, right? And then he'll he'll try to count and it'll be a bit of a farce, but he can muddle through the counting. I'm like, okay, once you count it, I want you to draw the number. I want you to write, write a six, yeah. right? And the thing is my wife had already taught him, so he knows how to draw an eight. Like he loves drawing an eight because it has this funky thing where where you connect the number at the end and it and suddenly an eight appears, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm drawing, so I'm like, you can draw a six and then I see, eight here right and i'm like stop drawing eight right he draws a couple more he draws another eight he looks up he starts giggling and then meanwhile like i am just like losing it right like dad's temperature is like climbing rapidly right because a lot of times i also am coming into homeschool having not slept well right. because i'm like freaking out about coronavirus at night so like i'm tired and groggy and the state of the universe is is like up for up in question and now he's giving me the number eight repeatedly 
<laughs> right? So, so I'm losing it, and then I'm trying to get him to draw a number. It's just a gong show, right? Yeah. So some days at the end of the day, I'll be like, so what work did we do? I'll hold up like this one sheet of paper with like three sixes on. Like that's it. That was the product of today's homeschool, <laughs> right? And then we have these like notebooks, right? Like these actually like workbooks. And some of them are okay, right? Yeah. And then some of them I'll be looking at, I'm like, it, it says it's for pre-kindergarten, right? It's like for a three to four-year-old, yeah. right? And and then suddenly the task will be like, you're drawing sixes, you're drawing sevens, and then suddenly it's like you're writing the word six out, like S-I-X, yeah. right? Then you're writing the word clock <laughs> soon thereafter. I'm like, what on earth? Like, what? We went from one page to the next, and suddenly the content material jumped like three years, right? What? I'm like, who vets this material? What, what, where, where were you getting this workbook? What book is this? Oh, I don't I actually don't have it in front of me, but there's a whole bunch, there's a whole set of them. Is, and then, it's not jump math, is it? No, no, I have jump math. Yeah. I actually am a big jump math proponent. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we we have those books for all four of our kids, and they, they're pretty good. So that was going to be the positive story. Is I'm doing jump math with my daughter, okay. but these are other nonsensical workbooks. And some of, some of them I discover, I'm like, because a lot of the workbooks, we just you know we, we just buy them when they're on sale we don't really look at right like yeah. you go to costco here are some workbooks for kids right? right and so some of the workbooks i'm looking i'm like this workbook in my left hand looks a lot like this workbook in my right hand like there's a similar font to the title yeah. there's a similar like the, the 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 way that the cover is drawn and laid out they look very similar but the paper quality is slightly different and then when i open i'm like they're made by completely different publishers, right? So now that I'm, I'm like, we have like knockoff workbooks. Like, I don't know which Chinese store we bought this at. And then, and invariably, the knockoff is the low quality one. It's like, wow, this material is all over the place. Like, let's just get material out there and sell it to unsuspecting immigrants oh, awesome. who want to learn English. Like, this is ridiculous. Like the word seven is spelled with an L. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the state of the homeschool. Like, the teacher is unrested untested unproven the material is out of date unaccredited <laughs> completely inappropriate and the students are not learning what they should be learning at the end of the day with him like it is it is nonsensical i mean we should really be talking about strategies for doing home preschool in this context like that could be its, its own hour-long session is how to do home preschool but maybe what you should be doing he's sesame yeah, street well, age you should be getting puppets you should get a big bird costume. You should be jumping into the room with high energy, being like, all right, the letter for today is Z. And we're yeah, going to do the all, number, number Dad 10. Dad doesn't do puppets, right? Dad doesn't do puppets. And and one thing that I'm actually really bad at, like I'll go out and admit this, like I suck at thinking of arts and crafts. You know, yeah. like I can't look at like a egg carton and be like, okay, let's make chickens out of this thing, right? Like my brain... I'm so old that I just cannot think like that anymore. Like it, it's amazing to me that people can come up with this stuff, right? Like, and I like art. I consider myself a fairly creative person, but I cannot do arts and crafts the way a child does. You just need to, to find which Sesame Street character like you can most easily channel and be that character. Like we could get you a little garbage can and cut the hole at the bottom and then you could get inside and pop it out the top and you could be like, I'm Daddy the Grouch. And I'm here to talk to you today about the letter R. <laughs> I don't know. We've had some moments of success with it, but he is the big challenge. Yeah. My daughter, she's older, you know, older child, more self-motivated. It goes a little bit better with her. Mm -hmm. And her school has been very good. They provide a lot of material. And as long as we work through that, like, it's okay. Yeah. Right? It's really the preschool age that's driving me crazy. The one story that I did have about my daughter, though, that I think is interesting is one of the things, like, I don't know about you guys, but like we we basically stopped all the after school activities and we had a whole bunch of them for her before. Yeah. Right. So now a lot of not only is school doing Zoom, but now we have after school activities of Zoom. Yeah. Right? We have like we have like after school Chinese tutorial on Zoom. We have ballet class on Zoom. Right? Gosh. <laughs> and and there's a so the so one of them that came up at some point was should we do piano lessons on Zoom? And I was like. Is this really necessary? Like my, we've talked about piano many times, yeah. right? And my wife and I are like, well, we both play the piano. There's no real point. Like, how is the teacher gonna assess how she's playing? Like, looking at it through a camera, right? Yeah. So we were like, let's just resume the lessons when this ends, right? Yeah. But that's created this vacuum where suddenly 
medical dad and medical mom become the de facto piano teachers, yeah. right? Which is basically what we'd kind of been doing anyway with her, right? Uh-huh. So, so we sit with her for piano time like every day, yeah. right? And so lately, like the story that I have is that I was teaching her how to play this one piece. Uh-huh. And this was a piece where like the first two bars of the piece are these chords and it goes like bum 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 and it's it's with a staccato it's indicated on the sheet that it's staccato so it's so the note's got to jump it's got to be a ding 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 right and then after those two bars the rest of the piece there's no more dots right so when there's okay. no dots like i did 10 years of piano when there's no dots it's not staccato when there's dots it's staccato so the, right. so the later part of the piece you shouldn't be jumping uh-huh. right so i was like so i was training her and then she's like a beginner piano player. So her tendency is to start off jumping. You just keep jumping the whole way. Right. Yeah. So then I'm like, no, no, stop, stop. Bar three, no more dots. We just go smooth the rest of the way. So now we got this funky piece going where first two bars jump. And then the rest of the piece is almost the same structure of chords, but there's no jumping according to medical dad. Okay. Then my wife comes down and we've been doing this for like a few days. She comes down. She's like, it says there, there's a line. It says simile, S-I-M-I-L-I-E or something. And and she's like, I think that means similar. I'm like, nah, that doesn't mean similar. <laughs> that means something like smiling, like happy, <laughs> like like just dance. The rest of the song is a dance, right? And then she's like, no, 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 I'm pretty sure it means similar. I'm pretty sure it means similar to the first two bars, which were staccato, but they decided to save money on the ink, so they're not going to print the dots anymore. You're just going to jump it the rest of the way. What? I'm like, no way, no way. So then we Google it and she's right, I'm wrong. So the training was completely wrong, right? And my, my daughter actually had been doing it right all along. So this is what happens when you have like uh, like an unaccredited teacher who's a know-it-all teaching your kids piano. Like this, terrible, terrible. Yeah, teaching your kids at home is way easier when you're allowed to just make stuff up. <laughs> Well, I can't. It's I did my my teacher didn't give my kid an assignment on comic books that I could just tell them about the comic production process. Here's how you play piano. See all the black notes. That means you press the black keys. Any notes that are white, that's when you press the white keys. Oh yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't sound like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but uh, don't worry. If you had this with a whole orchestra, that's when it sounds. That's when it comes together. Oh man. So then. So then. So that that basically the story of the, our piano situation. We can sort of muddle through, but I feel like having a teacher would be a little bit better. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know, uh, from the point of view that for schoolwork, for the things you need to learn in school, when this is all over, uh, the likelihood is that even if you did a terrible job and your kids learn nothing at school. When they go back to school, as opposed to actually keeping kids back a grade, I think it's pretty much been sort of declared officially that no kid's going to get held back a grade unless something really strange happens. Um, so it almost makes sense to say, you know, I'm not going to bother to work on actual schoolwork, but instead I'll use this time to teach my kid a skill that they never would have learned uh, if, it, if everything wasn't shut down right now. Uh, and then the school will come later. So you could like, maybe now's the time to teach your kid like electric guitar or some like, like juggling or like, uh, I don't know, something cool like archery or, th- or axe throwing, you know, like make your kid like have some amazing skill that like, that no other kid would have at this age. Uh, and then let the school worry about <laughs> the other skills. Maybe, maybe that's one way to do it, except you can't go anywhere and can't procure equipment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It has to be a skill that you can do completely in your house with no equipment. <laughs> and I'm not sure that you as an emergency room physician should be advocating homeschool axe throwing <laughs> as a thing <laughs> of all the activities on, and archery. That's like, how true. about chess? Let's just teach our kids chess. <laughs> maybe axe dodging. Maybe if more kids know how to dodge axes, I'd see less of them in the emergency department. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, um, yeah, one thing that we're, I think a lot of us are, are seeing with the homeschool is we're getting a lot of more insight into just exactly what it is that the teachers are, are doing at school um, and maybe mm. some insight into what the teachers have to go through at school, uh, right. even if we are doing and, it with extra challenges. And more appreciative of the work that they do do on an everyday basis that we often take for granted. That's right. That's right. And I, you know, I... Uh, because my wife's a teacher, I've heard a few different teachers in conversations through Zoom uh, socially talking about, uh, you know, their take on the situation. And 
pretty much consistently the message is always the same is that like you know whether we're giving your kid a, what seems like a lot of work or what seems like a little work really the thing that we think is most important above all this is just like the mental well-being of you and your kids um mm-hmm. and so yes we would like you know we think there's value in the kids still trying to learn some stuff not because we care about their grades or their marks but just because like it's good to continue learning and to have routine but more than mm-hmm. anything else like just do what you can get done uh don't push yourself past the point you know where it's going to affect your well-being unless you're chinese <laughs> yeah i mean like there's sort of a given that for the uh, for the chinese the <laughs> like, you can't push them to that to that breaking point <laughs> only the parent can <laughs> Sleep five hours succeed. Sleep four hours fail. That's that's all they need to know in preschool. All right. I mean, I think we've covered a lot of material. We've we've talked a lot about our experiences of homeschool, and I think people have a pretty good idea of what is going on in our household. And hopefully people can get some, if people can get something out of this, it's that homeschool is not easy for anybody. And we're all in this boat together, right? And let's just try to make the best of it and help our children through it. And maybe our children can help us through it as parents. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. I'd say, um, you know, try to do what, just do what you can, just do what you can. Even, even, even a little bit is like, is helpful. Uh, do what you can. And when it's all over, then we'll sort out everything afterwards. <laughs> They'll sort out the schools afterwards. But for the meantime, focus on your well-being. Try to teach your st- kids some stuff. On that note, I hope that everyone is staying safe during the coronavirus. I hope that your children are learning lots and lots. But even if they're not, keep them safe and sound and keep yourself in good spirits. And hopefully we'll all be out there soon enough. And if nothing else, then at least in the land of podcasts, we'll see you next week. All right. See you later. Bye.